Welcome to a James Brindley Academy podcast. To learn more about our academy, head to www.jamesbrindley.org.uk. You can download all of our podcasts via the website or stream them on Spotify. Thanks for listening. Hi, I'm Claire Hobley. I'm the mental health practitioner for James Brindley Academy. Um, and today we're going to speak about anxiety and one of our former pupils, Kerry, um, is joining me um, to kind of explain her experiences of um, overcoming an anxiety disorder um, and how it really impacted on her life for quite a long time. Um, and we have a lot of pupils that attend James Brindley and the reason they come is because anxiety has stopped them from functioning and attending school. So a lot of our children's anxiety system gets triggered really easily and they end up going into the fight, flight or freeze state um, and that really impacts on their functioning. So with the flight phase, they just want to run away. Um, with the freeze, they just physically freeze um, and fight. They just kind of want to fight anyone they see as a threat or anything. So that can be verbally or physically. Um, and a lot of our children at James Brindley um, experience those extreme states where they just cannot function because of anxiety. Um, and we need anxiety. You know, that system keeps us alive. It's an instinctive system that keeps us away, keeps us safe from danger. So when the anxiety system is triggered, it's trying to keep us safe. But sometimes the messages we're giving it keeps triggering it when actually there's nothing a threat to us. Um, so a lot of the techniques used and that are taught are teaching our pupils to soothe their body and question the thoughts linked to what's triggering anxiety. So Kerry, I remember how much anxiety really um, affected you. So what you was with us from year, is it nine to 11? Uh, yeah. Yeah, 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 nine to 11. Um, and would you agree that I felt your anxiety would put you in a free state quite often? Wait, it's almost like you look free. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. And just to kind of give an example, like just thinking back to how things were for you, I remember you wearing your um, coat and hood up a lot. And I think it was our fourth session that I said, can I see your face? And you gave me a quick look at your face and then put your hood back, you know, because yeah. that was your... Yeah. I think and my hood, my hood and my um, coat, like everyone, everyone thought I was a right weirdo, but I'll tell you the story behind it. So... <laughs> because... Weirdo, James Brindley, it's, it's very common at James Brindley, that people use their comfort. True, actually, but yeah. I had... I had my hoodies on and at home whenever I'd been like upset or distressed like I'd go to my room and I'd put my hood up and put my headphones in and turn my music all the way up so I wouldn't hear if anyone like knocked on my door or because obviously I live with siblings so there's a lot of shouting like a lot of the time yeah. um but I could just block out the outside world um and with my coat yeah. Like, as soon as I found that big coat, I was like, yes, get in. <laughs> so I bought it, and then I had my hood 
I had my hood up like I used to wear. I used to wear it in the house, believe it or not. Yeah. Like when I was having a panic attack. But um, so when we got to school, Alan said, I remember like on my on my way round. Obviously, I didn't think, oh, it's okay. Like I can just wear my hood up. It's normal yeah. because I hadn't been to the school before. But because it turns green, like I wasn't allowed to do that. Yeah. Um. But he said no. You can you can wear you can wear your hood if it makes you feel more comfortable. I think he just said it like a slip of the tongue. I yeah. don't think he was. Obviously, he was being serious because we were allowed to. But it was just a slip of the tongue. It gave me so many ideas. I was like, right. So when I am having a breakdown, no one has to see my face. Right. And it was. <laughs> it literally made my day. So ever since then, I was like, okay. So whenever I'm having a breakdown even when I'm not having a breakdown like why do people need to see me just go in because my intention of going to this school like, I was never intending to make friends or have anything like that I just wanted to go in get my GCSEs and leave basically yeah. so right. no face no case in a way I think you learned pretty quickly that you need a team around you and it, just in my experience you can't recover from mental illness alone. And I think pretty quickly people wanted to be a part of your team. Um, teachers, teaching assistants, pastoral workers and peers. Yeah. And I think that, that was a real shift in the hood starting to gradually come down. I think it was. I think when, when I realised that people actually did care and like they weren't just... Because at first, I didn't trust anyone. Like, I went and I was like, oh, you have to say that. Like, you're just doing your job. You get paid to like me. Um, you don't really care about me. It's, it's like, you, you're born alone, you die alone kind of thing. Gosh, yeah. Um, but then when... Well, I was just people... thinking then, so I was just thinking then about how anxiety do, does make your thoughts more negative. Like, everything yeah. just... Yeah. so much more negative and awful and yeah a threat you know yeah so that that makes sense to me but um when I realized like the, the support like the, the flow of support that I've, I've never been used to like every other school I've been to I've just been I've got looked at as um what's the word disobedient like mm-hmm. irritating like I didn't, I didn't do what they wanted me to do, so therefore I was a problem child. But that's because she was frozen with anxiety, wasn't it? It's not because she was being that's really defiant. He was literally frozen with anxiety, and I think that's a really good point for any new teachers starting down Brindley. When a child comes, won't, won't, won't do what you say, or is not responding to you, your tone, um, your response needs to um, think about the child's emotional state. You know, yeah. are they hot yeah. So they can't actually speak or ask questions? No, a thousand percent. And I think patience, like, for the staff at James Brimley, like, the amount of patience you all have is just beyond me. But when you're dealing with it, like, we're all different, first of all, but when you're dealing with a kid like me, if I don't want to talk to you, or if I physically can't talk to you, I'm not going to talk to you. And that's just something that you've got. You can you can look at me as rude, but then that's not going to help me. That's mm-hmm. just going to make me feel worse about myself. And you have to understand that I'm not purposely trying to be rude. I'm just having 
Okay, spicy is panic attack, but not type of Yeah, yeah. It's absolutely frozen in your thoughts and in your body. And I remember you doing that. And I would just keep talking. <laughs> so I don't know whether that was helpful. I wouldn't do it as long as I was having a session. But I think I would validate it and kind of say, I can just see that you are frozen with anxiety. And it must just be really difficult to think at the moment. And I would kind of try and get you to change your posture. So like, could you just put yeah. your shoulders down? Blanket. Can you just slow your breathing down? Do you need your music? Um, do you need a drink? So I'll be trying to encourage you to soothe your body because like, I'll just see yeah. um, And that's what I remember kind of doing that to you quite a lot and kind of reassuring you that and how well you've done just to get in the building. Yeah. Because I asked fans to get you, do you remember? I used oh to kind God. of, yeah, and kind of bring you in. And I know I couldn't talk when you was, all of your focus was getting in that building. So if I started to talk, there's no way that your brain is available to have a conversation with me. So I know it was just saying, right, you're doing really well. So you're breathing down. We're going to go into this room and I'm going to spend some time in there and you can listen to your music, whilst your anxiety settles down. Yeah. 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 I think those type of um, practical steps are quite helpful, aren't they, when you're in that type of state? Exactly. Like, it's... For a person with anxiety like me, you can only focus on one thing at a time. So if I'm focused on, you don't just pick what you're focused on either. So if I'm focused on the fact that I'm literally frozen, like I can't do anything, I can't, I can't speak to anyone, like I can't, I don't want to be in the place that I am. And then someone starts trying to have a conversation with me. My brain, like some people think, oh yeah, it's distracting, like it's good. But then my brain is like, <laughs> what is going on? Like there's so mm-hmm. many, and it, it's scary in a way. So mm-hmm. my advice for the new teachers would be, don't try and start conversations when a kid is having a freezing fit. Like just. Mm-hmm be there for them and like come show them that you're there but then don't invalidate don't belittle it by trying to change the subject if that makes sense absolutely absolutely and one of the good skills about um you've kind of said there about managing anxiety is validation and kind of naming yeah. it but yeah. a lot of children that come to gentlemen sometimes haven't even got the recognition that this is anxiety I'm feeling. Like some people think, oh my God, I'm going to die. A lot of people put it down to like physical illness. And actually once you've learned what it is that's happening to my body and mind and naming it, that helps process it. So I think once you you knew of my body's in a state of anxiety and naming it, I think that was really helpful. And sometimes the teachers have to do it for you. Um, or no, the saying I can see you're really anxious I'm just going to leave you I'm going to go and get you a drink um could you just kind of do deep breathing I'll get you a blanket kind of naming it for them what's happening because you can't think when you're in that state of anxiety can you your front brain your thinking brain is just shut down and your emotional brain yeah and it feels exhausting absolutely exhausting
That's why every time I had a panic attack, do you remember I used to go and have a nap? Yeah, I do. <laughs> yeah. Because it what but it is recognizing the biological impact on your body following a panic attack. So your heart rate's increased dramatically, your breathing has, you've released hormones, so you to make your body ready for the fight or flight um, reaction. So your blood is pumping around your body. So that's why you feel absolutely exhausted after. And it is common that, that children at James Brindley after a panic attack, because we want you to stay with us, we don't want you to go home, is to have a little nap in the medical room or in a classroom somewhere on a beanbag. Yeah. And then carry on with your day, because that's taught your anxiety. This is just a moment of distress. It doesn't have to dominate the whole day, which is a great skill once you've got it. And that was something that I noticed like a lot at school when it was a shock when I started James Brindley because in my other schools, like if I, like I, in my head, I was just the weird kid that just no one liked because I just didn't fit in. And like the way that I acted and the way that I dealt with things was so much different to other people. So at school, when I said, like, I, I need to go home, like I need to go home, they're like, oh, she can't be asked. Like, let's just tell her that she can go home. Like, bring her dad. She doesn't mm. want to learn. Get her out of here, basically. And I was so used to that. So I was like, okay. So if I, all I have to do is say that I want to go home, and then I get to go home. Yeah. Um. So at James Brindley, especially when I'd be having anxiety episodes, like I'd say to my key worker, I want to go home. But then he'd, he'd be like, no. And I was like, what yeah. no <laughs> what do you mean no yeah <laughs> <laughs> and that is a shock for a lot of the children at James Finley that we want you with us and the reason we want you with us why you're distressed um is because we know you can't get better in isolation from anxiety so we know that isolation pauses the symptoms but it doesn't help you recover so that's why we're like no You've got to stay with us, stay with us. Not because we're dismissing <laughs> what you're feeling, but we know that you won't get better in your bedroom at home. 100%, yeah. And it's the fact that you, all of you, like, wanted to help us. Like, you really did care. And it was the care that got me, personally, out of my shell. And I think it did, like, a lot of other kids as well, yeah. because we realised that it wasn't, we weren't alone and we did actually have people that wanted us to be okay. And that, I think that is a good point for new teachers as well, that a, a big part of our job at James Brindley is providing care and support yes. and um, you can't just be completely academic focused to work at James Brindley. You've, you've really got to want to help facilitate change. Um, oh, 100%, 100%. Like I remember there was times where I'd just be having the worst day and I'd come in and like I'd do it was after like I had my hood down and stuff so it was like I was better in a way yeah but I'd be trying to go to lessons but I'd just start crying in the middle of the lesson and then the teacher even if it was just like a random like John the history teacher right I remember crying in his lesson he was so lovely to me he didn't have a go at me for not doing any work he was just so kind and so supportive obviously no one really knows what to do in that situation you've got to let me have my moment and then I'll be fine but 
just the white. I'll, just, I'll always remember the way that he acted. That's, yeah, that's really lovely to be lucky. Yeah. Because I think the we really want children to be able to express their emotions. And we're relieved when children are crying because it's such a healthy response to, to distress, feeling sad, feeling anxious, frustrated, angry. And it's a normal human reaction. But a lot of children have tried to suppress emotions for so long at James Brindley, which is why they're anxious or why they're depressed. So we're perfectly comfortable with a child being tearful in a lesson. You won't be asked to leave unless you want to. You will be kind of be offered reassurance in the lesson, offered tissues, kind of say, do you want some time out? Um, but come back, you know, don't, this is a moment of distress. It doesn't have to dominate the whole day. Um, you kind of express what you need to express and come back. Yeah, and we're here. As well, like, as, sorry to interrupt, but like, <laughs> another part to add on to that is when, when, a kid is crying for me personally I can't speak for everybody but um it is easier for me when you pretend like I'm not there so don't look at me don't come over and ask me if I'm okay just leave me to it unless I'm clearly showing signs that I'm distressed to a point where it's unhealthy and I need to be helped basically yeah because if you give if you show me that everyone's looking at me my anxiety is going to skyrocket and I'm going to be out of that lesson quicker than I was in school so it's just easier to obviously validate me yeah like look look at me and say like you're okay but then leave me to it in a way and that is also helping um facilitate the people to look to use their own skills so if we went barging in there going and fussing and going, oh, come on, come on, it'll be all right, it'll be all right. We're not helping the child learn to regulate their own emotions. So we do have to validate it, as you said, but then see if they can do it. Oh, and that's important, yeah. So what advice would you give to a pupil that is just absolutely frozen with anxiety? Um, being triggered really easily what advice would you give to them after your journey um, don't let it don't let it define who you are like they're probably thinking they're the kid that everyone looks at with like high anxiety and they're just they're just weird but it doesn't have to be who you are because at the end of the day it is a mental illness like it's an illness and it does get better and even though you probably will always have anxiety you will find ways of coping with it and like dealing with it better so just because you're really bad now and you're getting triggered easily and everything's just getting too much don't give up like it does improve and it will be okay that's good. Any practical tips that you found really helped you? Uh, practical listening to music that was like my go-to. Yeah. Um, my hood, my hood. Mm, I don't know if it should be part of advice because it wasn't 
very it served its purpose like it helped you get into school so it served its purpose for a time yeah it also made me feel like really isolated from everyone and it was a kind of technique that basically said go away yeah yeah no, I think if, if you're on your hood, if your hood's going to help, then put it up, but then make sure it comes down again afterwards. Don't keep it like that, because yeah. it's, it's a moment. It's not a, it's not a life. Yes. Um, yeah. Also, fidget toys, like fidget. I used to have tangles. I used to be given a tangle when I was having like a freezing like, fit. Yeah. And it gives you a moment of being back where you are does that make sense absolutely connecting with your environment yeah yeah because yeah. teach a lot i really try and get children to kind of um, do deep breathing exercises or grounding techniques where you kind of engage your five senses so like you name what you can see feel hear taste um smell to kind of get you back into the here and now because a lot of our distress thinking about the past or trying to predict the future, especially with anxiety. So getting back, in, getting back into the here and now, any techniques like using your fidgets, smelling something, um, sipping something, putting your blanket around you to get you grounded, to connect with your body. So our minds and bodies are so closely connected. If you can get messages to your anxiety through your body, sometimes they're quite helpful techniques definitely but also when with every time I used to have a panic attack I used to stand on my nerve like on my on my leg so my leg would shake rapidly but then at first like it would it gets all the adrenaline out like it make it gives the adrenaline somewhere to go but as soon as you put that heel down on the floor and so you've got both feet like flat and relaxed it does start to like bring the panic down a little bit like it yeah absolutely connecting with the with the ground and your environment so putting your feet flat on the floor pressing down pressing you back into the chair or pressing into a hard surface and actually connect with your environment okay. yeah that's a, that's a okay. really good technique yeah any can I just kind of say about how far you've come to kind of um, explain your journey that you are actually in college now um, and that you've just applied for uni so you know for someone that like you you are doing like amazingly well and to give like people's hope that it absolutely does get better you know that's it's just so wonderful to hear how well you're doing and don't get me wrong, like, there's, there's always bad days. And, like, I do have bad days at college where I've had to be sent home. Um, but the good days outweigh the bad days now. And I can see, like, when I'm having a bad day, it's just a blip. It's not, a, it's not anything to do with me. It's just an illness that is very, like, like coming back. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So, do parents... If you've got any advice for parents that I just really feel, like it's quite difficult because a lot of the parents that I work with just go, I just don't know what to do. I just really don't know what to do for the best. Should I make them come in? Should I leave them in bed? Like, I just 
tell me what to do. So what advice would you give parents whose child is just can't function because of anxiety? Um, don't just leave them in bed. Because even though they say that that's what they want, it's not what they want. Like, they want to be able to go to school. They want to be able to learn. Yeah. Um, try and encourage them to leave the house. Like, if you're going shopping, just take them with you. Say, oh, maybe it's a good idea. Let's even do it like a little bribery thing. Like, oh, let's come and you can choose, I don't know, a new nail polish or something like that, just to make them actually leave the house because they'll they'll hate you for it at first they really will and they'll call you all the names under the sun and it won't it won't be fun for you but then in the anxiety talking isn't it and i think as a parent if you name it this isn't you this is the anxiety talking i think that helps you stay connected it doesn't make you back off so kind of name name it's the anxiety talking this isn't you definitely because when you're in that state of anxiety you will say anything in order to be able to stay in that house I remember the hell I gave my parents like and I regret it every second of every day but it's like you say it wasn't me it was it was the desperation of really 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 not wanting or not feeling like I could leave the house so it was like being pushed into like a corner that I felt like I couldn't get out of so my response to that was anger and frustration but when we do that when we do let that out on parents like we don't mean it like it's we we love you but we're just really struggling at the minute yeah I think that's really good advice it is don't back off yeah so for new teachers then at James Brindley what advice would you give and dealing with an anxious child in your class that is just frozen with anxiety um patience is like a it's a definite thing like if you're like you said before if you're if you're one of them people that gets frustrated easily and you don't and you just get annoyed with kids that don't do what they're told first time then generally isn't for you like mm. you have to be able to acknowledge that these kids have been through a lot of stuff that has made them this way it's hard for us to even speak to you let alone acknowledge that you've given us an instruction and then follow it so you have got to just take a step back sometimes and be like okay it's not it's not arrogance like it's not rude it's just them trying to I don't know, like cope. help themselves. Yeah, just cope. Absolutely. I'm just trying to cope with being here in this environment with you, and my body is processing it all, my mind is in chaos. Yeah, and just acknowledging what what is going on for this child. And knowing their journey, like you just said, a lot of children at James Brindley have been through such a lot before they've even walked through our door. Like knowing their journey really helps you understand their presentation sometimes. Yeah, definitely. As well, with knowing their story, like when you know, like I remember when I was in school, knowing that people there knew everything there was to know about like my past and 
stuff that had happened to me. Yeah. Like, it was... I don't know, like, I felt threatened in a way. Not because I didn't know anyone. So I was like, well, why do these people know about me? Like, they don't know me. I don't, and, everyone doesn't know every detail about a child's story at Jan Friendly. A couple of people might because of the referral, but they would have uh, some idea of what's um, what's causing the child's difficulties. Um, yeah, so if it's like family um, family situations or trauma, so they would have that information, but they wouldn't know every single detail about a child's journey because confidentiality is really important. But they but they all teachers are trained in trauma work um, and how that impacts on a child's development. So yeah, people wouldn't know every child's story, but a, a few yeah. people would. Yeah. 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 But I think that is a, a worry for a child. What do they know about me? And it's just kind of reassuring that you don't, it, people don't know every single detail, but they would know what's brought you to James Brindley. In a way, that was like, when when you're kind of in a place where you can acknowledge what you're feeling, so you can acknowledge it as anxiety, yeah. and there's people around you that are aware, like it, it's comforting because sometimes you just want to have a chat, like you just want to let it all out. And when people you know, you don't have to tell them the whole story, you don't have to go into detail, but you can just tell them what's going on there and then absolutely you're done with it and no there's no judgment on their part yeah you don't have to go the history yeah yeah that's really yeah i hadn't thought of it like that yeah that's really valid absolutely so any final words um i don't really know what to say now um yeah, just keep going, keep fighting. You got this. Yeah, keep going, keep fighting. You've got this. Yeah, absolutely. And kind of getting help if you need to. And, you know, there are some really good counsellors and therapists out there. And it's finding the one that suits you because I do remember you had to search for a few, didn't you? Do you remember? Oh There's a few. God, yeah. <laughs> There's a few counsellors that you just couldn't take to, and that's absolutely fine. Um, and it's just finding the right counsellor or therapist that you feel you can really work with and engage with. Yes, I think that's and therapy isn't the answer because a lot of people don't want to talk it out. Like people with Asperger's, especially, yeah. like they find talking really hard. So sometimes it has to be physical like sensory toys or whatever that gets them to overcome it like a diary maybe yeah you know, worry dolls my mum used to get me them um yeah and I used to tell them like all my problems and then put them under my pillow yeah yeah absolutely and, and it, it is help. yeah it isn't for everybody right it's the practical strategies that help a lot of people as well are sometimes a combination of both. Absolutely. Yeah. Kerry, it's been absolutely lovely to speak to you and thank you so much for getting back to us and 
just kind of saying how well your journey's been. It's been really yeah. lovely. Yeah. We're really proud of you. There'll be a few teachers listen to this that have got um, a little tear in their eye. We're really, really proud of you. But remember, yeah. it's all down to them. Like, I wouldn't be anywhere without them. So it's teamwork, absolutely teamwork. You know, shared over a day. Yeah, thank you so much. You're very well. Take care. Bye. We hope you found this podcast informative and interesting. To get involved in the conversation, head to our social media pages and use the hashtag JBAPodcast. Go ahead and subscribe to our channel to never miss any of our podcasts. Thanks for listening.